classic hip hop shit. Dr. DRE, Rose and Jay, let's get them. We started out mopping floors, and now we front row at the awards. Number one for the last 20 years. If you real, motherfucker, scream cheers. Motherfucker, scream cheers. Yeah. And it is what it is. Welcome, welcome back. Welcome to another episode of uh, Three Kings Podcast. It's your unfriendly neighborhood podcast providing news, politics, and opinions with a uh, hip-hop flair to it. I'm your gracious host, T-Serve. So I want to uh, start off by introducing my uh, distinguished co-hosts. First off, we have in the house, in the building, we have Fatwa Rob, a.k.a. Black Rob. Thank you, studio audience. Thank you, thank you. You're all far too cool. <laughs> What's up, Fatwa Rob? How you doing, sir? Good, man, good. What about let you? Me, let me start off by saying happy birthday to you. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was my birthday yesterday. So, uh, so yeah, um, yeah, did a few things, took the day off and whatnot, so just hung out and chilled out. 40, 42, uh, 42 years old. All right. As of yesterday, so, yeah. We're going to hit the streets tonight. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> good thing we do this podcast today instead of tomorrow. Yeah. Take so, it to the abyss. The abyss. Charlie Murphy. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, I also want to introduce my second distinguished co-host. He is the man, the myth, the legend, your favorite mass hole, T-Black, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on, people? What's up, T-Black? You know chilling, chilling. Happy birthday as well. You know what I'm saying, sir? You know, happy 50th. <laughs> Whatever. You know how to do it, man. You know, you suck. <laughs> never that. That's on here. Oh, always that. Always nah, what's that. going on, man? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. Yeah, chill. no yeah. doubt. Same here. Same here. So man. yeah, birthday yesterday. Nice. Um, yeah, just took the day off and whatnot. So just no been chilling. Yeah, good shit, man. Yeah, man. Another mm-hmm. day. What about you guys? What you guys been uh, been doing recently? What's been going on? Uh, yeah. just getting. Uh, every year, it takes me. Up. <laughs> Takes me a while to get used back used to uh, going back in time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Falling back, yeah. Fall back. Saddens me a little bit, you know. Because we don't see as much sun, man. You know, it's dark as fuck. The sun, <laughs> <It's getting laughs> the sun got right. We don't see him as much, and yeah, getting Ross, dark at five, five thirty. Ra- Ross not happy. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's like a and shit. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> like, one of my favorite things to do is just walk around the neighborhood mm-hmm. and um, go to the coffee shop or whatever, sit outside. Hang out, mm-hmm. get a latte when it's cold. Yeah, man, drink some coffee. Hipster shit. Yeah, man. hang out, man. Rob's a hipster. You're a hipster. But now, okay, you know, it's, when it's cold, man, you, you don't even walk, walk outside, man. So yeah, I remember when I was um, I was in Iceland like uh, three years ago, mm-hmm. and um, I was I was in there in May, and it was during the time where it's like sunlight like for mad long. So yeah. I be, I, be, I I went out like at night or whatever. I'd go mm-hmm. out at like. 11 o'clock at night and still be some sun still be yeah out. that's crazy it's crazy so that's like crazy. I, I go into a club and I, yeah, like it's like sun is still out at like midnight <laughs> and i get out of there like three four o'clock and the sun is back out i mean the sun's went down for like two three hours wow it's like crazy shit so it, yeah, it kind of maintained like that like what is it like a uh, dusk type of sunlight on oh uh, yeah it's not like say? yeah it's a little bit like say, at midnight right? obviously won't be like you know full blown like sun like right right yes. above your yeah. head like just beaming on you but it'll be like dust you it'll be dusk you can see the sun like still over the horizon it's and everything crazy it's just it's crazy it's it's kind of disconcerting which like is different from uh what i experienced in uh um in uh sweden when i was in sweden that was in january 
and um, there was only sunlight for like maybe five hours during the day. So like between like nine and two, oh, there'll shit. be sunlight. So after two dark. o'clock, it's dark. It's dark. Yeah. Until would, like nine o'clock in the morning. I would be depressed. No shit. Like, no. I could not live. In an area like that, there's a lot of drinking. Oh, sure, yeah. tons of drinking you going know on, dog. You drinking, know that. smoking, fornicating. Yeah, no nah, I mean, no, yeah, no shit. No, they don't have a problem. With I population. Would be, I would be legit. <laughs> no population control no pop- needed there. No population control there. Not at all. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't live in an area like that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh. for real, for real. But uh, I also want to uh, announce that. Uh, well, breaking news. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, before we came we came up, uh, Rob he met his uh, his queen downstairs. Uh, he was a macking on the on the uh, on the uh, the, uh, um, the the person the door door person downstairs. So uh, it might be uh, three kings and a queen next week episode. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I look right up here. Yeah, oh, man. Shit. It's she crazy. Was... She used to work in my old building. Oh, where? Oh, no, she used to work at the at the building I live right now. Oh, okay. She used, okay. The, she used to be the door person there. Oh, where? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like. Okay. She looks familiar. That sounds like fate to me. <laughs> she's, she's pretty. Your, she's hot. She's pretty she as hell too. Your queen <laughs> to me. She, she could be wife number three. <laughs> Damn, she can't make it up that's to the top three. spot, right? She ain't oh, making it to the top spot. That's already taken. Oh, you got, oh okay. Oh shit, that's new. So it's breaking news. Wait a minute. We didn't know that. Breaking news. Episode six, and now you're talking about <laughs> this guy. <laughs> talking about. I don't know. I don't know how much, I know how much number one she is. We just finding out about I it. I told y'all uh, I'm starting a hammer, man. So shit. The royal penis is clean, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So, uh, so she's behind uh, Gal Gadot and uh, the woman, uh, <laughs> and, uh, the woman uh, in uh, the, the Thor movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. She's number three. Number three. But Wonder Woman, though, where's she at? Number one. Oh, that's not. Okay. I got it. Okay, right. I, I got. The, we got the order, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. We got the order. I'm, I'm sure she'll be very pleased to hear that uh, hey. downstairs. Yeah. That should be opening it's, line. Would you mind being wife number three? It's an honor. <laughs> it's a, she should be honored. That's how you should start off. <laughs> so I, want, your, I, want, I, want, I want to give you this uh, this distinguished honor. This raw privilege. privilege. <laughs> this raw fatwa privilege. <laughs> of being wife number three. He's like, it's, think of it as toi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make it, French it up a little bit. Nah, That'll make it sound more sophisticated. No, but she's hot, man. Yeah, she's hot. She's hot, yeah. So, uh, yeah, do your thing after this uh, after this recording, man. So, uh, maybe will we see you at a, a dinner tonight? She get, you never know. She get outside <laughs> privileges or is she just indoor only? Never know. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. All right. You guys ready to start these mathematics? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. It's math, math. <laughs> That's right, it's simple mathematics. We talk about um, the uh, news issues of the day going on uh, around the country and around the world. We uh, want to start off with uh, the mass shooting in Texas. So uh, more than a week ago, uh, more than two dozen churchgoers the youngest of whom was just 18 months old, uh, were massacred amid, amid uh, an ongoing domestic situation involving the gunman and his relatives, some of whom had attended the church. Uh, now, the Air Force launched an internal review into why it failed to provide key information to the FBI that should have been prevented that should have prevented the attacker from purchasing firearms. Uh, while serving in the Air Force, the gunman, 
uh, Devin Patrick Kelly, uh, was convicted by a general court-martial on two charges of domestic assault. The Air Force said uh, his offense was not entered into a national database, which meant he was able to pass background checks to purchase weapons. Uh, Kelly was convicted on charges of assaulting his then-wife and stepson and served 12 months in confinement before being released in 2014 with a bad conduct dishonorable discharge. So what do you guys think about uh, this story? What happened? Wow. Another sad story involving uh, weapons. Um, Rest in peace again to the people um, in Texas. Uh, Was it 20-something people? Yeah, I think it was 26 people. 26. Yeah, 26. And they're all in the, they were in a church. Now this is, you know, it's happening in schools in the kindergarten. Now it's happening, you know, in a church, places where you would have never thought that something like this would happen. So, if you're white. <laughs> it's a small church, too. So it's like families lost multiple people at once. Yeah. That's, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, I heard that they, yeah. they like lost like Four percent of the town's town's population. It's just crazy. Shit. It was a small, it's very, small very intimate, town. very small town, wow. and this this kind of thing just like it just popped up and it just like lost like literally four percent of the just population like just like that. Yeah, it's insane. So I mean, you know, ultimately, what I would want to is what we talked about the last time is just getting rid of the Second Amendment and taking weapons from people. Yes, I am a liberal. That's after your guns. Believe, believe that. But outside of that, man, because that's you know that's a pie in the sky thing. It was there to you know if they um, if the Air Force had only entered his name into the database, they failed to do that. And these automatic weapons need to be taken off the market. Mm-hmm. AR-15s. I think like all the mass shootings have been done by AR-15s. Yeah. Assault rifles of yeah. some sort. Yeah, yeah. and there and yeah, the stacks also that allow you to con- convert semi-automatic weapons into mm-hmm. automatic weapons. Yeah. Those are are legal for the time being, and the NRA and, and GOP, they don't want to do anything to uh, to uh, uh, ban these these uh, conversion kits. Essentially, yep. big business controls America as always. You yep. know, it's always about the dollar, the almighty dollar. You know, yeah, and definitely, you know, condolences again. You know, to the families and. You know, it, it's sad, man. It's so many issues, you know, that with this situation, you have lapses in the process with the Air Force, you know, with them not being, you know, able to submit his name to the FBI database. Then you look at the mental health issues. Then you look at domestic violence. There's so many, you know, just so many issues in that situation. And, you know, it's just important, I think, you know, to address that mental health component. I think in this country, we take that for granted. We, we put this negative stigma on mental health as if, you know, you're crazy, you know, but there's people that need the help. And if it goes unchecked, things like this happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with gun control, you know, definitely being part of it as well. I think we also got to start looking at, you know, just addressing these issues, you know, because it's clear this this, that guy had mental health issues. It's clear. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And also the gun culture in this country needs to be needs to be addressed because um, people treat guns in this country like, you know, they're they're toys, basically. I mean, you have like um, uh, people. It's an accessory. Like yeah, an exactly. Accessory. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, people like we live. Uh, I live in Virginia, and you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a right to carry state or whatever. So, I mean, people people could like walk into places or whatever with their guns or whatever, and no problem whatsoever. They can go into bars, drink or whatever if they want to, unless the establishment specifically says they don't want it. Then people can can actually do that, do that kind of thing. So, I think people like they just have like this this. Um, this culture of like, well, gun owners really, um, a lot of gun owners, people who don't like, sh- who don't like, you know, hunt, um, that kind of thing. They just like, they just think the shit's fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy to me because um, it, it guns are like are for play play essentially. Uh, I mean, I know that um, for me, I've had some I've had experience with guns. Um, when I was uh, in New York working on Wall Street, I remember one time I uh, was walking home from work. And um, it was like maybe like seven o'clock or whatever. And um, I was close to my building. So I'm approaching my building and I'm right in the building next door. And this this woman comes out like kind of in a hurry outside. Right. So she walks out um, trying to seem like and she's like looking back, back behind her. And uh, this guy he follows her. He's like trying to talk to her and like uh, trying to, uh, you know, get her to stop or whatever. There's a cab waiting for her right outside. Hmm. So uh, so they're both they're both uh, uh, they're both approaching the cab or whatever. He's trying to get her to stop or whatever. But she's like she's like doesn't want to have, have anything to do with him, basically, seemingly. So the guy who's like behind her, he pulls out a gun. He points it at his chest and he shoots. He kills himself Damn. right there. And then. Right. Wow. So the guy, he, he falls, falls on the ground. I get the woman. She's like in hysterics and everything. And I'm like, I'm like, like. 10, 15 feet away from this dude. So he shot himself like right in front of me. And um, so I, I, I'm like just in, in fucking shock. So I approach the guy and um, I like, I'm like over him or whatever. He's like, like breathing his last breath or whatever. He's like looking up at me. He's like, he like reaches towards me or whatever. And then I just see his little life just come out of his eyes and he dies right there, right in front of me. So I'm the last person he saw. So um, yeah, people, I, I, and then I remember I went, I saw the newspaper the next day yeah. and it turns out the guy was a cop. Wow. The guy was a cop who uh, he was having some kind of dispute with his his girlfriend, whatever. I think she didn't want to be with him anymore, but um, but he couldn't he couldn't deal with it. Yeah. So yeah, these these things yeah. are like are for play. I mean, people they, they you know they they use they have these guns around like you know they're 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 fucking um, play things or whatever. But they're serious they're serious business. You know what I mean? And no, most people have never seen like somebody just you know get shot or die right. through a yeah, gun. Like I'm sure if they would have that kind of experience or whatever, that they would have a different opinion of of guns. It's like, I mean? yeah, and it's twofold to that man. Like you said, like seeing someone become a victim of you know gun violence, but also holding that shit. If you ever mm-hmm. held a gun, that shit's ill. Like yeah. it's heavy as fuck. Yeah. So let so all the fantasies and the movies y'all watch, nobody's holding a gun like Men's Society, <laughs> with, you know, or you know, Boys in the Hood side mm-hmm. at sideways. the side sideways and yeah. shooting it. It's not you know, the kickback yeah, will mean, fuck you. Even you when mean you're not, not holding hold Desert Eagle you know sideways. Yeah, a, a fifty cal, not at all. <laughs> even <laughs> when he goes off at a shooting range, you can just feel the power. Hell yeah, yeah. it's in real. A weapon. Mm-hmm. The reality, you know. right? It's the reality of it. You know what I'm saying? But you know, that's a dangerous mix right there: mental health issues and guns. Yep. So, and like you said, it's gun control. You know, gun control and really mental health because if you don't have the gun control then people with mental mental health issues end up with guns in their hands exactly you know exactly that that's the whole point because you're gonna have crazy people you can't stop crazy people right you can't stop people from being crazy but if you have crazy people plus access to guns they're gonna shoot people and for instance if we look at what happened in new york with that terrorist he converted a, a, a truck into a weapon right Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even in a crowded ass street in New York, he killed eight people before he was stopped. Now compare that to somebody who has a, a, an assault rifle. Las Vegas. In Las Vegas or what yep. happened in Texas, you're yeah. going to kill Multiple a people. lot more people. Yep. Right? Yeah. Because you, you're using a weapon that's, that, you're using a tool that's design, that, that was designed for killing. It's a killing machine. Exactly. exactly. Weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. Right. As up. opposed to. You know, converting a truck into a weapon or converting a gun into a, I mean, or converting a, a, a knife yeah, into right. a weapon. Mm-hmm. So all the people that say, oh, well, you can kill somebody in multiple ways. It's, it's not just guns. 
It's like shut the fuck up, really. You it's know, the magnitude. Yeah, the magnitude. Yeah, of the damage it can do. It's Trucks the, were not designed yeah. to kill people, but guns were. It's the ease and in which kill you kill people very kill, easily. Yeah, the ease in which you can kill like multiple, like dozens of people, like yeah. just immediately. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, it's fucked up. But and as long as like you have the NRA just being. Um, just uh, being sub- sponsored essentially by the gun industry, yeah, protecting their interests. Yeah, yeah it's this, bullshit. This kind of this kind of shit won't change. I mean, they give so much money yeah. to actually uh, both parties, really, mostly GRP, but like a lot of um, uh, Midwestern and like Southern yeah. Democrats also. So, cut the bullshit, NRA. Seriously, yeah. Yeah. they're completely is that, unreasonable. Is that another too. acronym? <laughs> is that another acronym we got? CTB. CTB. CTB NRA. <laughs> CTB NRA. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Acronym alert. Yeah. He's getting my own siren. Here's your siren. <laughs> oh, fuck out of here. See? Shout out to the crickets. That's my crew. Cricket crew. <laughs> CC. CC for, for y'all. So, crazy. so yeah. Um, so, next up, we've got uh, Donna Brazil, ladies and gentlemen. So, ODB. ODB. <laughs> yeah, that's a good shimmy, one. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all. <laughs> uh, so Politico, Politico published an ex- excerpt uh, of uh, Donna Brazil's book uh, detailing uh, Brazil's discovery of a joint fundraising agreement between the Democratic National Committee and the Clinton campaign uh, that she says granted uh, Clinton effective control of, of, the, of the party a year before she actually won the nomination. Now, the agreement specified that in exchange for raising money and investing in the DNC, Hillary would control the party's finances, strategy, and all the money raised, Brazil writes. Uh, So her campaign had the right of refusal uh, of who would be the party communications director, and it would make final decisions on all other staff. Now, I already know that uh, Fatwa Rob is the the resident Bernie bro of uh, Three Kings Podcast, so uh, I'm sure he has a lot to say. But what do you guys think about, uh, about this story? Take it away, Rob. Oh, man. I've been dying to talk about this for a week <laughs> since we found so out. Mad. Yeah. Like, what are yeah. you so mad about? Yeah, yeah. Yo, 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 you want to know why? Yo, first of all, you can't be asking me no question. I'm saying, what the fuck is you? You know what I'm saying? You can't be asking me no question. Oh, I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. That's right. Tell them why you're mad. First of all, I just want to know what Hillary Clinton and the Clintons did to Donna Brazil to piss her off so much. You know? <laughs> Donna Brazil is an OG. You know, she's part of the pantsuit mafia. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> Send the letters to me. You know, she she was she was she's been down since Al Gore's time. So for her to come out and write a tell-all book on the Clintons, they had to have done something to her, right? Okay. Um. So I'm not sure what happened between them, but she's coming out, and got dirt on you, doggy. <laughs> she has dirt on y'all. You know, there's no telling what Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton did to her. But the fact that Hillary Clinton felt the need to basically control the DNC and use the DNC as a slash fund to help her raise money. Because what was happening is they were raising money under the guise of raising for the DNC for each state. Then all that state money will be sent to the uh, National Committee. National Committee will disperse that money to Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll hear a lot of people say, well, Bernie Sanders was in a Democrat, blah, blah, blah. So Hillary Clinton could do that. But I'm saying, what about the other candidates? Exactly. The exactly. other Democratic candidates like Tim Kaine or 
I even forgot the other ones. Yeah, the 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 Maryland uh, governor. Yeah, any Democratic. I forgot any, the Carcetti. Any, any Democratic. <laughs> any Democratic candidate. Yeah, any Democratic candidate. You know, now imagine if you have to cheat to beat a guy that I, we can't even remember right now. The only guy we remember is Tim Kaine. You know, and imagine if you have to cheat to beat a Democratic socialist like Bernie Sanders. What does that say about you as a yep. candidate? What yep. does that say about you know your your confidence and your belief in yourself, right? So, you know, it appears to me that she was scared shitless of something, uh, another Obama coming. So she, she took every step to mitigate that and control the DNC and cheat her way, you know, to it. And we all knew it was happening. The, 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 you know, the fact that they were holding elect, uh, debates at 9, 9 o'clock on Saturdays yep. during f- college football season told mm-hmm. you everything that you needed to know. Yeah, man. I mean... You know, when you look at the whole situation, man, it's crazy because you're wondering, first of all, the gap from a legal standpoint, it wasn't technically illegal, but definitely highly unethical, highly inappropriate. And it wasn't cool. And the thing about it is, you know, to your point, Rob, what you just said, you're right. Why would you? It's paying to play. You're almost paying off the DNC to make sure that it go. It's the, the nominee. The nomination goes and swings in your favor. And what's sad is that man. You know, rather than letting the people decide, you let your dollars decide. And to me, she took a playbook from the Republican Party. And that's the one thing, you know, that's frustrated me about, you know, Hillary for a while. And you know, and I supported her in no way, and I supported her even in this election. I can't front. And I'll just put it. But I'll put it this way. I look at everything from from an objective eye. And I've said her time was 04. But what I saw was a, a, polit- a political play by the Clintons when they decided to get in bed with the Bushes in 04. When she decided not to run in 04, that's when it, be- that's when I, you know, it raised my eyebrow like, why? That's your time. Barack took it upon himself to seize the moment in 08. When they told him, you're inexperienced, it's not your time, you should wait. Yeah. And he seized the moment. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Went after it. Well, and, but on the flip side, Hillary didn't. She sat back and thought 08 and 2016 was her time. And, mm-hmm. and it's almost to see, and if you really look at it, man, it's almost like she's always willing to be told what to do rather than take it upon herself and say, you know what? This is my time in 04. And that was her time. And then uh, and she's too calculated. Exactly. Yeah, she that's was what like, I said. Well, yeah. I just became senator. Exactly. And I promised that I was going to be here to serve out my full term. I mean, she also knows that it's, it's a lot easier to, uh, it's, it's a lot harder to uh, defeat an incumbent. Than it is, you know, somebody who's, uh, who's who, both 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 parties. They both have uh, not made somebody new. It's a lot easier to 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 beat somebody if they're they're both somebody new. But at the time, sir, at the time, Bush's approval rating was in the toilet, especially with the Iraq War going on. And I know they always say as well when a war is going on, the country is uncomfortable electing a new president mm-hmm. because the incumbent they rather keep the incumbent in office. So you know, for continuation purposes, so on, so on, so forth. But my thing is, that was your time. If there was any time to beat Bush in, 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 during that time frame, it was 04. The country, it was the same momentum that Barack had in 08, Hillary Clinton had in 04. That was the big buzz. If you take it back to that time, she, everybody was like, you know what, this is her time, first woman president, so on and so forth. That was her time. And I guarantee if she had, if she had definitely latched on to that momentum, I think we would have saw a different outcome. But when you're coming into the 08 time frame, that's when Barack came with his momentum after the, D- the Democratic National Convention in 04. When he gave that speech in Boston, that was yeah. when, that's when his, his, his star power went through the roof. Yeah, but you know what? He was still an unknown, though. 
You know, yeah. even after that, people like us who pay attention to politics knew, you know, kind of noticed him. Mm-hmm. You know, and it gave him kind of a name, but it was nothing compared to what Hillary Clinton's name recognition was in 08. So <laughs> she thought 08 was going to be her turn to win, and she lost. Yeah. Because again, she she was predictable. She made mistakes voting for the Iraq War, mm-hmm. yeah. and Obama was able to use that Against to his me. advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then she, and to your calculating comment, she even played herself. And every time she feels, the thing about it is, it's sad, and it's it's almost like her her you know like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like her shtick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when things don't go her way, she plays dirty. Yeah. In no way, what happened in no way when she felt like the momentum was swinging to Barack? Dirty politics. She introduced the, the Clint, race. Introduced race, right? Yeah. Right. And then in twenty and then in twenty sixteen, well twenty fifteen anyway. What did she do now? Pay to you know pay to play you know yeah. what I mean so she man, funded the DNC yeah man, I mean, she funded the, away with exactly it. I don't think that Hillary that Hillary's time was in 04 because I I think I don't think Bush's Bush's approvals were were that bad I think I thought it was okay I mean the Republicans they were still in control of con- both both Congress um and uh and the Senate in 04 mm. it it wasn't until like Katrina that's really shit started really turning turning for the Republicans in 05 there there'd been an election in 06 then I think then yeah that would have been perfect time because Katrina and then the, and then the downturn in the economy that's what really Katrina was like was like the, really the beginning of, of everything I think with the the the, uh, the Republicans like taking taking a turn for the worse they lost they lost the uh, they lost Congress in 2006, 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was when when I think um, she was uh, when the Republicans would have been vulnerable I think but um, going back to Donna Brazil um, I'm pretty disappointed in that you know. Donna Brazil, she put this out or whatever, and then she tries to walk back her comments. She tries to walk it back, saying, "Oh, there, I never said that it was rigged." She actually, she actually came out and said that. And Elizabeth Warren, she did the same thing. Elizabeth Warren, when this when this came out, she said she said I think it was rigged, and then later she came back came back and said, "Oh no, it it wasn't rigged or whatever." So obviously, you know. The DNC establishment, the donors, they got they got to them both or whatever, and they were like, "Hey, you know, you need to get the fuck back in line." You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing about it is that they talk. Uh, Donna Brazil, she also threw Obama under the bus, saying that he neglected the party. He got them. He got them in like so much debt that they had no choice or whatever, basically. So um, he so Donna Brazil was basically trying to pin the blame on Hillary and Deb, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. She mm-hmm. it seemed like she was trying to isolate. Isolate the uh, the blame and this this whole this whole um, this whole uh, rigging of the election onto two di- two people two people that probably in the future she wouldn't have to worry about because th- these people aren't going to be like um, aren't these people are pretty much become rele- relegated they're not going to run for office anymore so she was trying to like it seemed like she was trying to, to me she was trying to save the party by basically passing the buck onto Hillary and Debbie Wasserman Schultz sacrificial but, man exactly but when you look at when you look at things it does it didn't really um, it didn't really add up like I wanted just to read a couple of uh, numbers to you at the end of uh, 2010 the RNC uh, Republican National uh, Committee was 23 million dollars in debt and the DNC was 15 million dollars in debt and that's in 2010. But Brown Brazil, she talks about how uh, the, our DNC was twenty four million dollars debt. I mean, that's that happens at the at the at the after an election. You know what right. I mean? Um, the, the, these committees, they they um, they 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 accumulate debt or whatever. But we know once the the the, um, the election cycle starts ramping up, then you get a lot of fundraising and then you you catch back up. So she made it seem like um, they had no choice in the matter. Oh, the, oh, we were we were in such debt. Oh, we had to do it. Otherwise, DNC is going to collapse, kind of thing. But. Um, 
but so she's but so she's trying to ex- kind of excuse the DNC uh, by making it seem more dire than it actually was, um, and at the same time, um, basically casting off these bad Democrats and trying to placate the Bernie Bernie Democrat, the Bernie wing, and trying to integrate them more into the DNC. That's my thought as far as what she, along, to what she was doing. With, yeah, yeah. To go I, along with. Like I said, I'm still baffled. <laughs> you know how far she went. Especially throwing the um, the Clintons under the bus, um, so I don't know what happened. I'm still not sure what her goal is, but what you say may you know it makes sense, and that maybe maybe her uh, plan. Yes, who knows? But like her walking back made her look foolish. Exactly. Right? Like because you already said it. It's in paper. It's in your book that's coming out. Exactly. And I was looking forward to getting that book. Because I just I like she was getting in tears this, when yeah. she called Bernie and whatever to reveal to him that she had found her evidence or whatever, and now she's like backing backtracking. This right. Bullshit. Yeah. If you say that, if you say that you know Hillary Clinton was was uh, controlling the DNC, either she was or she wasn't. You can't walk that back and say, oh, there was no um, rigging of the uh, primaries because of course there was. If she was controlling the DNC, this was before the primaries even started. Yep. It's, it's mm-hmm. unheard of. Exactly. Yeah. You well, know? well, we can't say it's unheard of. It's just known now because we don't know. We we don't know how politics works behind the scenes until we know. Now we understand. Well, I think she said it was in her book. She it's said unspe- it's, yeah, it's unprecedented. It's, it never happened before. Because what happens is like after the primaries, then mm-hmm. you can give control of the DNC to the candidate in the general election. Mm-hmm. But for exactly. it to happen before the primaries even start, it's unheard of. Mm-hmm. And you had the Hillary Vic- Vi- Hillary mm-hmm. Victory Fund. That was established before Hillary. She had two like funds. Won. She had two funds. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so you had like that's that's also highly irregular yeah. having a victory fund for a particular candidate when they haven't won. Usually they establish the fund after after, after right. the the nomination <laughs> nominating process has happened. So <laughs> it just shows how yeah. pre how predestined you know they tried to make this thing. The presumption, yeah. the arrogance of these people. Exactly. Now, if you're Hillary Clinton, people already don't trust you, right? Like you have high negative negative numbers when it comes to uh, trust. With the American people, so you would think you would try to be on the up and up as much as you as much as possible, you know. And then you go and do some underhanded shit like this, like it was not going to come out. Yeah. Like I don't understand that. Just the lust for power in the Clintons is just amazing. That's why it leads them to making all these all these mistakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely with this pre predestined <laughs> attitude of you know it's mine for the taking. You know, it, it it plays into you know the errors and the follies that and the mistakes that they make. And, you know, with her, it was just like, man, again, she's it's so calculating. And whoever her advisors are, man, you know, <laughs> you really need to dump those motherfuckers cause, because they advise you incorrectly. They don't really have they don't have the crystal ball to your to your success, obviously, because every time she's trying to, you know, jump in, like you said earlier about the, the most opportunistic time, you got to know the momentum, the feeling of the country where it's at. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And the thing about it was, you know because she felt like 16 was her time rather than just sitting back saying, you know what, let me not believe that, you know, I can just automatically get the Barack supporters because the Barack supporters w- went off of his mom- his momentum, his optimism, but also the country was in a point where we needed that change. We needed some hope. Sort mm-hmm. of. So it was the emotional ride. But in 16 people, you're right. People became more informed. Because of the 08 election, people became more aware and people became more, you know, willing to listen to the candidates. And when they would listen to her, that's the that's where she became, you know, not so trustworthy because yeah. they started to see mm, you're in bed with Wall Street. 
We yeah. watch you as Senator of New York. We've seen we have access to information, the social media age. We mm -hmm. can find out more about you. So she didn't understand that the transparency could also be her detriment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's where it became dangerous for her. And she wasn't smart enough to have the people around her to give her that kind of advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it also makes sense that how few how few candidates um, came out in um, for the Democratic side to uh, to run in 2016 because yeah obviously they, yeah. obviously these party party insiders they knew exactly what was up mm -hmm. I mean you got Joe Biden could have run um, Elizabeth Warren could have run mm -hmm. but these people they they knew what was up they knew the fix was already in um, so they just like smoothed everything aside for for Hillary Clinton because she was in charge basically. yeah and Donna Brazil said that turn. yeah and, exactly and Donna Brazil said that she told Bernie you know hey here's what's going on mm -hmm. and even Bernie conceded right Bernie said well what does it look like she will win the nomination? And Donna Brazil's like basically from the excerpts, you know, it's looking that way, you know, basically the way it's set up. And he was willing to go along. So at some point they all try to, you know, toe the party line. But unfortunately, the way she went about it was just totally, you know, unethical. And, you know, she, hey, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, Rob, when you say somebody must have pissed her off or the Clintons pissed her off because they try to play her with not funding Get, uh, providing some sort of like providing money to the DNC where she she was able to run the operation effectively. She was like, "You're not gonna play me. Yeah, I'm not your patsy." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she's she's a, she's, a, she's a tough lady. That man. pissed her off. Um, yeah. There was another excerpt that was hilarious. That's why I'm, I'm gonna buy her book. She said like campaign was not listening to her, mm -hmm. and she's trying to tell them we need to get this guy who was an expert, very experienced. And she's talking to this twenty something late 20-something people, early 30-something people, you know, who this is their first campaign and they're not listening to her. So she got pissed off one time and said, all right, all right, gentlemen, let's put our dicks on the table. Let's see who has the biggest one. Because I guarantee you my dick is big, is the biggest one in the room. ODB, <laughs> yeah, I told you, ODB. Gangster. So they say that she shocked the room because she had been told not to use profanity around this, uh, in, the, in the campaign headquarters. Because there's a bunch of millennials working there, and they would be, you know, oh, get God. their feelings hurt. And I said, that's why you motherfuckers lost. And, yeah, had, bad, <laughs> see, my point. She had bad advisors. If you had that kind of campaign, man, with a bunch of guys who <laughs> can't stand profanity, you know what? Uh, now I see. Yeah, just, they, they, just pull they, up the white, white flag. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Nah, man, and you know, again, but you know, shout out Donna Brazil, man. I can't wait for the book. I'm gonna read it. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna check yeah. it out. I like, <laughs> yeah, I like reading you know. these behind the scenes uh, campaign books, like Game Change. Oh, mm. Game Change is really good. It's I love such that. a good book. Man. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, one, one, one more, one last thing. Um, I love it how, um, like, remember when Hillary came out with her book, uh, the what, the what happened book. When it happened um, was so she, people were talking about. Oh, oh, let let Hillary Clinton tell her story or whatever. Let her tell her story. Without Don Brazil's coming out with his book, and they appear to try to silence her or whatever. Nah. It's it's just complete hypocrisy, bullshit. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh well, but, it is what it is. Oh well, it's, don't uh, save her. She wanna be safe. I know, and then that's how I felt after the election. I was like, man, fuck out of here. It's done. Like you know, like, again for me, mm -hmm. the fuck, the turning point for me. You know what I'm saying? And we we can get off this. The turning point for me is when she picked Tim Kaine as her running mate. That's when I said, what the fuck were you thinking? Who the mm -hmm. fuck told you that? I mean, the, if you want to be calculating, calculating is, fuck it. Let me go with Bernie. Let me pick him. Let me ride the wave. 
yep. ride the wave. Exactly. She's very predictable, dude. You understand? So when she picked Tim, Tim Kane, you know, no disrespect, Tim Kane. I don't know you, but for this shit, this is business, homie. This ain't personal. Tim Kane is vanilla. You, you shit. ain't going. You're not. Yeah. You know, it was like, who the fuck is that? Tim Kane don't inspire nobody. She's averse to risk. And that's why she's never, she never wins the big game. And she also everything is calculated. Yeah. She looks at the risk. Yeah. Play not to lose, right? She, like choosing yeah. Tim Kane. Like, come on. She, you al- know? she also didn't want to be overshadowed by her VP, her PVP pick, and she knew that probably she would be because people people didn't like her. A smart politician would not care. Yeah. I gotta do what I gotta go do for the to win. win. You feel me? You feel me? I was like, go for the jugular, win this shit, and worry about the shit later. What did Barack do? He, yo, he said, all right, I'm going to put you in the cabinet one way or the other, but exactly. we're going we gonna to keep it real, G. I'm going to win this shit, and then we'll talk later. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Playing to win versus playing to lose. Yep, yep, versus playing not to lose. Exactly. Yep. Speaking of elections, um, on Tuesday, well, there was, uh, there was another election, and Democrats had a huge day on Blue Tuesday. wave, blue wave. <laughs> So uh, Democrats' wins came in both marquee races and more obscure corners of the U.S. political map, which underscored for them the importance of fielding candidates, even in long-shot districts, to cater to catch uh, whatever political wave may, may form next year. So in Virginia, Democrats not only swept the governor's mansion and two other statewide offices, uh, they are close to win- winning control of the uh, House of Delegates. Uh, Democrats flipped at least 15 seats. If they pick up uh, one more of the yet-to-be-settled races, Republicans would lose their, their majority. Uh, the last time Democrats ran the chamber was in 1999. Uh, also in uh, New Jersey, uh, Democrat, a Democratic victory in the gubernatorial race may, means the party will control uh, both chambers of the state legislature and the governor's mansion in New Jersey beginning in January. The election was of, a one, of one new Democratic state senator in Washington state, uh, also flipped the party control of the chamber from Republican to Democratic. And in Georgia, Democrats won three state legislative special special elections, including two in districts that were considered safely GOP. That cost Republicans their supermajority in the state Senate. What do you guys think about what happened on Tuesday? Man. <laughs> yeah, the country's... We're waking up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the country's waking up. Apparently, we're not, as, you know, we're not the only people that are, get super angry about Trump. Right. This is this was a rejection, mm-hmm. yeah. resounding rejection of Donald yep. Trump while he's out of his, the country. And his policies, <laughs> you know, there's so many just unprecedented things happen. Like in Virginia, where we, you know, we live in me and Sarah live in Virginia, um, but the governor won by nine points. Yeah, it was supposed to be a like, tight election. It was supposed to be tight, like a three point race. Right. They said and it was the biggest. Uh, um, you know, ten point nine points was the biggest uh, win by a Democrat in a long time. Um, so nine point win, and that guy they're saying that oh he didn't he didn't um, attach himself to Trump enough. That's not true because he was talking about immigration. MS thirteen. MS thirteen. Seen those fucking ads? That's yeah. crazy. Oh man, I don't know how more right wing you could have been. Yeah, or, if you if you if you don't, if you don't live in Virginia, uh, Ed Gillespie was running ads uh, talking about uh, MS thirteen was like raping and killing people, and he was and and Ralph Northam was like establishing sanctuary cities, and he would have like um, like um, like Latinos with like tattoos on their faces and shit, like a like like prominently in the in the in the ads, just like very ominous looking. People just like Propaganda. clearly, you know, playing to like these. And I live in Alexandria, which has a huge 
Hispanic population. I had no idea that we we were under attack by MS thirteen. No, you so just get a pupusa. It was a bunch of a it was a bunch of bullshit, man. Yeah, you, you know. And we got a lieutenant governor who's black now, the second black person to win a statewide mm-hmm. uh, race in Virginia's history. I know that. Whew, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. man. When you think about it. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. The Doug, house, yeah, Doug the house Wilder delegate? was the first. Huh? Yeah. Doug Wilder. Doug Wilder. Yeah. 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 I mean, imagine that yeah. in the history. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So the house, the the delegates, they flipped. You know, they almost flipped it, right? Because there, uh, there yeah, are two. There's, there's still recalls. Yeah, um, there are two uh, recalls. Yeah. So I mean, it's very possible. It's very, very possible. It's very that possible. It's just flip. imagine yeah. that in Virginia. So that means it happened not just in Northern Virginia, which is a liberal area, but it happened even in Southern, Southern Virginia, Virginia and Southwestern Virginia, which mm-hmm. is very conservative. Yeah. You know, they're like two Virginias. <laughs> yeah. Northern Virginia is like a Northeast and then Southern, the rest of the state, most of the rest of the state is like a Southern state. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you see that happening in what is essentially a purple state, that just lets you know, if we keep up this momentum, 2018 is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. It will. And I was hoping I was was rooting for Mueller to bring charges on Trump as soon as possible. But you know what? Gotta wait. I'll be patient. Gotta wait. Gotta wait. Mueller, take your time. Take your time. Let's go to 2018. Wait till till October 31st of next year. I know. No, November, November 2nd. (laughs) Summertime will be the best time to bring that out. Exactly. Wait till till close to the election. No, and, and it's real. I mean, look at Montana. They have a you know a brother out there and you know what I'm saying who was an um he was an he's an immigrant if I'm not mistaken he's from Liberia, Liberia right yeah from Liberia mm-hmm. and he got nominated you know even you know what I'm saying just around the country just what did he win mayor the mayor, mayor? yeah mayor mayor of in Helena. Montana Helena, yeah in Montana yeah, several black mayors the mayor of St Paul yeah. is black now um Charlotte. Charlotte, Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte? Black, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Charlotte, it's a sister, yeah. In Hoboken, New Jersey, are they elected the first Sikh mayor? Sikh mayor. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. wild. So you see that people are finally saying, you know what? My vote does matter. My vote counts. I don't have to wait till the big presidential election. I, you know that the midterms matter. Local elections matter. That's where we have power. When you know one thing's for sure, and you know to take a you know playbook from the Republicans. Listen, take their playbook. Excuse me. They went and did an autopsy. They went ahead and broke down what, you know, what caused them to lose, you know, the presidential election in 2012. They took a look at themselves and said, we have to come back, you know, and definitely sweep this thing. And that's what we had to do. We had to wake up and say, you know, you know, sometimes as liberals and as Democrats, we're kind of like, eh, you know, we'll let we'll let the situation take care of itself. Sort of, you know, not to jump back on the Hillary thing, but how Hillary felt that she could carry the momentum of the intellectual informed voter, not realizing that it's not those people you worry about. You have to worry about those who aren't aware of the political system. Right. So when you can when you can at least educate them, get them involved and them to allow them to understand that your vote counts. Mm-hmm. You see what happens, you know what I mean? Because people people have the common sense to know what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you, you can tell people are just disgusted at everything that's happening right now. Of course, with Trump, he, you know, like we say, he just gets a visceral reaction out of people with through his words, <laughs> through his tweets, and through his actions. And thank God we have more decent human beings in this country than you know deplorables, <laughs> right. because now the decent people are speaking. Um, there's two stories. Virginia elected a, a, the first trans person yeah. to as a delegate to the state house. Yep. Yeah, that's, yeah, I heard that. Now, I read that. Here is the interesting thing: 
she was running against a guy who wanted to introduce a bill <laughs> to uh, keep trans people from using the bathroom of, of their choice or the bathroom that of the sex that they they are identified. Yeah. So that just tells you people are like, you know, they rather side with somebody who they rather side on the side of justice than uh, on the side of a bigot, right? Mm-hmm. There was also. Um, uh, first lesbian mayor in uh, Seattle. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> big. I'm telling you, it, it, so it was crazy. It was just. It's, dope. Dope. Um, it's the right environment for this. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of um, city council members in um, St. Paul, uh, or Minneapolis, uh, that were Somalian that mm-hmm. were elected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. This is after all the backlash where uh, right wingers were attacking the Somali community in. Uh, Minneapolis, yeah. St. Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a huge community. So out there. Yeah. it's, I think it was like three of them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, oh, wow. In uh, Charlotte, uh, Black Lives Matter <clears throat> protester was elected to the city council. That's right. Yeah, that's real. You know, that's real. He, that guy's been in a lot of pictures um, through a magazine. I forget which magazine it was, but he was featured prominently. Yeah. yeah. He was in like this iconic picture like of him like uh, having his fist up, fist up. Like with the police like right in front of him. Uh-huh. And he won. Um, he got the most votes uh, out of uh, anybody that ran for city council has gotten in a very long time. Oh, yeah. work. Okay. So I give all these examples just to say that liberals and Democrats have been messing up by not voting in these especially uh in the off years uh-huh. right exactly um so we've been sitting away a lot of ground because we don't participate in yep. you know yeah. off year elections uh-huh. and we allow you know the bad guys essentially to elect leaders you know yep so i hope this is just a way of showing young people minorities uh liberal whites that the coalition needs to come out Every time and come out in big numbers. And, no days off. You know, like we learned in business school, no free lunch. Yeah, one thing. One thing I wanted to say about that that kind of accentuates your point, Rob, is that a few, several of the races in Virginia for the uh, for the House of Delegates, they came down to like maybe like a couple of hundred, a couple of dozen votes. Wow. You know what I mean? I think the the the, le- the lowest was like sixteen votes. Something oh, wow. like that. Somebody got got elected by based on by sixteen votes, and a few. A few were like less than like another one like maybe forty something. I think another was like a hundred, maybe like a hundred or so. So this just shows you like the importance of actually going out there and vote. Every every vote matters, especially locally. Locally is when your vote matters the absolute most. Yeah, it vote it matters. And another thing that I that I want, kind of want to touch on um, is um, especially especially in a place like Virginia, um, the fact that um, now. Probably the House of Delegates is going to get flipped, and you have a, a Democrat also in the governor's mansion. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the census is coming up in three years, so that's when you're going to be able to uh, to redistrict, we to redraw the lines of the districts. So this is going to be very play a very important role as far as like getting rid of a lot of the gerrymandering that's happened in the country. There's a there's a case in uh, that's went to the Supreme that went to the Supreme Court where they're going to rule on gerrymandering in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So now in the future, uh, probably the, 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 the Virginia line, uh, delegates line will be, will be, will be redrawn in a, in a more fair way, probably to give a Democrats uh, more of a fair shake in the representation, essentially. So that's another thing that's, that's very important as well. 
uh, just making sure that everybody gets a fair shake and not just like um, lumping up all the Democrats into one area and just giving them one, giving them one representative in an entire state or one or two represent or three mm-hmm. representative in the entire state and give like GOP like twelve or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So that's another that's another very very important thing that happened uh, on Tuesday. Right, right. They create, you know, they create these gerrymandered districts that people that win those districts can't even talk to the other side. They can't even, you know, negotiate and come to terms, you know, negotiate the terms with the other side because they're going to have somebody that's going to run against them from the right. Yep. So you have things like the Tea Party caucus that are created that just won't allow any type of movement in Congress. And we can't even, you know pass any legislation to address problems in the country so yeah come out 2018 and especially 2020 definitely yeah. and you know and just pay attention you know definitely read up on candidates read up on the issues you know and understand you know what you're voting for because that really counts too understanding what you know how important these things are so you get out there and vote you know good turnout but let's ride the momentum yep speaking of uh, knowing what you're voting for uh the uh, GOP tax plan was recently um, released. Well, a version of the GOP tax plan was released. And we talked about this uh, several weeks ago. And it's basically essentially what we talked about. But um, a few things were refined in the tax plan. The, the one big thing uh, that was refined that um, I want to talk about is uh, the lower tax rates for the households. Um, so the bill would uh, reduce the uh, current marginal income tax brackets from 4 to 7 uh, 12, 25, 35, and 39.6, and lower taxes uh, by increasing the income ranges affected by each rate. So, for example, the top rate uh, would be the same as it is now, except the income level at which it would apply would increase to $1 million for married couples from $480,000 um, under the current law. So that's another that's a huge boost for for the wealthy essentially. So this is obviously one of the versions of uh, the bill that's probably going to get. Um, going to um, try to get past. So what do you guys think about um, the updated bill uh, and the, um, I guess, the uh, uh, the uh, prognostications for whether or not they can get any of this passed? In the current uh, environment, I hope they go for it. <laughs> um, and uh, because this is affecting a lot of middle class people. And we see that they're not getting the uh, same benefits that ultra wealthy people are getting, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, corporations that tax cuts, huge tax cuts, and they're not touching any of the uh, deductibles for corporations, mm-hmm. but they are touching deductibles for middle class people. Yep. Um, I think currently the last time I read it was uh, had a 25 percent support um, this tax plan. So I don't know how much is improved by then. Um, I haven't seen any of the poll since then. But if they want to go and push a tax bill that has 25% support, go ahead. <laughs> Watch it get shot down, right? Watch it get yeah. shut down. And, and Democrats will be able to, um, it, it'll be an albatross around Republicans who vote for it. You mm-hmm. know, because it's not for, it's not for most Americans. This is for corporations and, and wealthy people. So, yeah, go ahead and push it. (laughs) Make my day. (laughs) You know, it it just goes to show that, you know, for those who thought that, you know, they were voting in Republicans and especially the Trump supporters, you know, will go there and see that, you know, they thought they were going to get their fair shake and shake up the, the government and do something different and drain the swamp was what they went off. 
well, they realized and they got screwed. You know, buyer beware. You know, this is what you wanted. This is what you got. And now you're seeing that your interests aren't even being, you know, addressed. And in, and in fact, you voted against your own interest. And that's the sad part. You didn't even understand that. Basically, this isn't for you. This is for wealthy people, corporations. And what's crazy is even in the tax plan, what they've even come up with is that essentially for those who are, you know, going to college and have to take out student loans, they're going to remove that now. Right. And the deductions would now go to those who are sending their children to what? To where? Private schools. Mm hmm. Now, who in the middle class, you know, some do, you know, if you have that opportunity, you know, with some sort of aid, financial aid of some sort, you go to a private school if you, you know, afforded the, the opportunity to, to do so. But to go to college. So hold on. So interest rates for college loans will no longer be not the interest, the interest that you pay. So when you get your student, you know, you take oh, so, all student loans, so interest so the, rate, the, the interest deduction, the interest deduction. So when okay. you pay Education back your student interest, loan, that yeah. you know, when you pay back the yeah. loan, you know, you're paying back on the interest right. yeah. where you are able to, to deduct about, I think it's 2,500 is the max. Right. Well, they're ready. They're going to remove that 2,500 now. Yeah. And they're going to go ahead and allow those people who are, who send their children to private school mm -hmm. and can afford to do so. Can they afford can afford to pay 15,000, they, they can deduct the whole 15,000. <laughs> Shit. It's it's yeah. it's fucking asinine. So so to see that. So when you thought you were draining the swamp, when you thought that you know you're taxed enough already. Tea Party acronym, right? Get the fuck out of here. You knew exactly what you're doing. Unfortunately, you know all you supported. You fell for the you fell for the con. You fell for the okie doke. Fell for the okie doke. The point I was gonna make. <laughs> <laughs> my, I, I do, I'll, I'll make my point. I, 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 was, I, I, I threw them off. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just disgusted, man. Right, yeah. threw you you know, my bad. <laughs> talking about uh, the tea party. That's why I wanted yeah. to go. Okay. This is the same group that was so angry when Obama got elected and Obama passed uh, mm -hmm. the bill that basically helped save the economy, and they were. You know, just like most Republicans and most uh, right wing people, always complaining about the deficit mm -hmm. and the uh, the debt. But now these people, the same people who were talking about, we cannot, you know, we can't even feed seniors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they can't mm -hmm. afford food because we're gonna add, uh, we're gonna add to the debt and to the deficit. They don't care now. Deficits don't matter to them. You know, if they, if we're gonna add two billion, uh, two trillion to the debt. By passing tax cuts for the very wealthy, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter to them now. Funny how that changes depending on who is in office. Of course it does. Of course mm -hmm. it does. So one thing you guys, uh, you guys, uh, you guys mentioned, neglected to mention is that there's one solution for for all this. You need to diversify your bonds, nigga. That's right. You need to listen to listen to Jizza. Listen to Jizza. <laughs> so um, as far as this bill, I mean, this bill, it's. It raises the deficit so so much that it's not possible to to um it, it, can't, it basically can't get passed with a simple fifty one vote majority. So it would have to pass with a sixty vote filibuster proof majority. So obviously this this bill is a non starter. Uh, this this bill is not going to get passed. Mm -hmm. um, they're not going to be able to get uh, Democrats. Um, I guess six eight eight Democrats to to vote for this bill. So um. This is uh, this is obviously not the bill that's going to going to go through that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna um, try to push through. We're gonna get we're gonna get some sort of um, revised bill, um, and that's that's gonna they're gonna try to try to do this. But they're gonna have to do something in order to raise either raise taxes or or decrease the benefits. But I think this bill kind of gives us a good framework as far as where they're going. So mm -hmm. 
uh, whereas the pass-through taxes for corporations or whatever, that's which is a huge boost for, for the upper class. Um, so they're going to give people at the top um, big tax breaks, and they're going to they're taking away deductions um, from the middle class and lower class, and and raise raising their. But even they even though they've done all this stuff, they still they still it's still a huge 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 um, deficit that they would they would accrue. So they have to they have to like do even more stuff in order to uh, to get uh, more um, tax increases for the for the for the for the middle class and lower class, or they have to reduce um, like the taxes um, that increase the taxes on the on the wealthy a little bit more. more. So they're gonna so whatever they have to do it, essentially is gonna is gonna make it even worse, essentially. So I don't think this gets passed um, because. Uh, we talked about how this affects like a, a really region, blue state regions, but there are still a lot of um, a lot of um, representatives, GOP representatives in blue state regions. I mean, mm-hmm. Virginia has a lot still. Um, you know, uh, Maryland has has some. New York has a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, California has some, and those places have like a lot of very high tax burdens. And you're taking away people's uh, people's the state state income tax deductions, mm-hmm. and and taking away their a lot of their mortgage property tax rate. too. Exactly, property tax, all that stuff, deduction, all right. that stuff. So yeah, so do you think these Republicans are gonna sign off on a bill like that? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. There's no way. There's no way. Not in these high ta- high tax regions. So I don't think this is gonna happen. But we'll see what the, what they come out with in the future as far as like a, a revised bill. But it's not gonna get passed either way. No. It's not it, because again, you know, your, the debt ceiling is going to going to increase so they're shooting themselves in the foot the republicans are just killing themselves man i mean you're basically just going back on what you promised you know the voters you know we're going and they're supposed to be the, the fiscal responsible party but you can see how you know they they're losing only their touch when with a their democrat base. is in office on, exactly exactly you know. Mm-hmm. When, a, when a Republican is in office, they don't care about deficits. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's yeah. funny how that switches. Yeah, bait and switch. But yep. we'll see. Like I say, go ahead, push, try to push it through. Let's see what happens. Yeah, don't let them eliminate the middle class because essentially that's what this tax plan does. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and try it. We'll yeah, see. It's not happening. So uh, moving on to uh, our next segment, we want to introduce a uh, a new segment to uh, Three Kings Podcast, and this is a segment that we call "Pull Your Dick Out." Why do you see my dick? That's right. Damn. Yeah, man. Pull your dicks out. Wow, this is a wild time to be in Hollywood. <laughs> so the first person that we're gonna talk about um pulling their dicks out is uh Roy Moore. So he is the uh Senate candidate in Alabama. Um Extreme right winger, obviously, um, one of these uh, Steve Bannon uh, candidates. So he was recently accused of of trying to have sex with a fourteen year old when he was uh, thirty two years old. So in nineteen seventy nine, Lee Korfman said she was fourteen years old when Roy Moore approached her outside a courtroom in Alabama. Uh, she uh, she was uh, Moore was a thirty two year old assistant district attorney. He struck up a conversation. Uh, Cor- uh, Korfman and her mother say. And offered to watch um, watch uh, the fourteen year old girl uh, while her mother went inside of a child custody hearing. Uh, so he said, "Oh, you can't want her to go in there and all that. Uh, I'll stay out here with her and whatnot." Says uh, Corfman's mother. Uh, so uh, uh, her mother thought, "Oh, I thought uh, how nice of him to he want to take care of my little girl." Hmm. All right. Well, uh, along with Corfman, uh, Moore chatted with her and asked her for a phone number. 
uh, she says. Days later, she says, he picked her up around the corner from her house in uh, Gadsden, drove her about 30, mi 30 minutes uh, to his home in the woods, told her how pretty she was, and kissed her. On a second visit, she says, uh, he took off her shirt and pants and removed his, his clothes. Uh, he touched her over her bra and underpants, she says, and guided her hand to touch him over his underwear. Uh, she's, and uh, Corfman said, um, I wanted it over with, I wanted out. She remembers thinking, uh, please just get this over with. Whatever this is, just get this over. Corfman uh, uh, says that she asked uh, Moore to take her home, and then he did. So, what do you guys think about Roy Moore? Wow. Fuck. I mean, keep in mind, this is a guy who got removed from the bench twice because every time he got elected to the Supreme um, Court in Alabama, he kept putting up the Ten Commandments. Uh, Ten Commandments. He had a huge Ten Commandments uh, statue. They kept putting up. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy that's, you know, one of those holier than thou, you know, Bible thumpers that likes to judge everybody. You know, especially, you know, so quote unquote liberals. You know, he likes to judge people who, depending on what they listen to or what they watch on, you know, TV or movies. Uh, he's very critical of those industries. Um, he's very uh, bigoted towards uh, homosexuals. You know, this is a guy who's, you know, 14-year-old. You know, that's a it's pedophilia. Uh, but yet, he passed a judgment one time where he would not let a lesbian mother, a mother who, who came out as a lesbian after a divorce, he would not let her visit her daughter because lesbians are dangerous to kids. <laughs> you know, so this type of uh, people that we're dealing with, Mm -hmm. You know, so I got a lot more to say, but T, what do you think? He likes him young. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, you know, but it's crazy. It's like you were just, you know, alluding to and talking about, you know, just who he is, you know, how, how much of a hypocrite he's, you know, he is, you know, he's sitting there judging people based on, you know, just bigoted beliefs, but yet here you are, you know, just having a relationship with a girl at the time was 14 and you and he was a prosecutor at the time. So that's even more crazy where you're like, you know, the law, homie, like you're and you're up there breaking the law. So you're abusing your power and there's pedophilia. So it's almost like, dude, like people like that, man, it, it just makes you just, you know, always look at them and say, you know, people who speak the loudest, you know, they're the ones that got the most to hide. You yeah. already know. I mean, look at uh, look at that pastor who used to talk about gay people all the time. Uh, he was out in Colorado. He had a mega church. Damn, I forget his name. Um, but he had one of the biggest churches in America. And they caught him in a motel room with a male prostitute. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you're thinking Eddie Long. Pastor no. Eddie Long. Oh, he was in Eddie Long. Yeah. Um, he's another one who, who was anti-gay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who, he, was on, he, he was in marches against uh, gay marriage in yep. Atlanta. Yep. Uh, but this other pastor was even worse than... than, um, than Eddie Long because he made it a cornerstone of his identity and really? the identity of his church hmm. and they catch him in a motel room with a gay prostitute doing drugs hmm. so <laughs> you know a lot of these organizations when, whenever you hear family this or the council for family just know that deep down <laughs> these people have problems there's something there there's something yeah. there that they're so anti against other people 
behavior that has nothing to do with them. They hate them yeah. themselves. They like, really like the uh, the uh, I think the Iowa senator who was like uh, tapping his his foot under the uh, under the, uh, the the restroom in the airports like with the gay sex. That guy who was a who was like a, also a staunch. <laughs> I read a staunch, about that. Um, Is that uh, self-loathing? Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Right? He was a, a staunch like a uh, LGBT uh, rights uh, opponent, essentially. So yeah, there's there's always there's always guys like that, especially in the in GOP, like the the Bible thumpers, the the Mike Pence uh, types who uh, mm. who uh, do this kind of thing. But um, yeah, Roy Moore also had a uh, he also had a comment about the charges. And I will rain down on a godly fucking firestorm upon you. You're gonna have to call the fucking United Nations and get a fucking binding resolution to keep me from fucking destroying you. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker. I will massacre you. I will fuck you up. <laughs> That's right. Roy Moore, he had a very measured response to uh, the allegations. But um, somebody uh, put out a tweet uh, recently uh, talking about how um, it's, uh, it was actually very, very insightful. It, they, they said that uh, these, uh, these morality Republicans, whatever, people like Roy Moore, who like, um, were so concerned about uh, their daughter's well-being when they're talking about the uh, transgender, um, transgender bathroom laws, now all of a sudden they're... We're, quite willing to uh to defend a pedophile essentially so it's pretty fucked up that these people the, the these people just have like um these they have these these things obviously they have these these deep deep-seated things w- within them they these people are more are morale the morality morality police in, in elections they they like to wag their fingers at people but deep down inside you know that they have some fucked up shit about them that that, that they did but they right. like they all they all they do is like wag their fingers at people mm-hmm. in order to try to gain gain some certain support when they know they're like the most evil crooked people. They have, they have no principles, right? Right? Like the sick guys that do that, like uh, Roy Moore, he's a hypocrite, right? But then there are the people like Sean Hannity and all the politicians in Alabama that came out in full support of this guy. I mean, they they're making apps absurd. Uh, claims and absurd de- defenses for this guy, saying that one guy actually say that well Mary was a teenager and Joseph was an adult carpenter. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> and uh, so there's nothing there. Another guy said, "Oh, this is much to do about nothing." Do these people have kids? You know, I mean, you look what you're defending. Right. So when these people come out, you know. It's it's a crazy time that we're living in, man. Yeah. Um, Trump has brought out the crazy. There used to be a very thin veneer of principle, especially with uh, the the right wing media, but now there is none. Right? No. No. They they they've come out and they're going to embrace the person on their side, regardless of what they do. Pedophilia is probably one of the grossest crimes mm-hmm. that somebody can commit, right? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, and yeah. people usually under normal circumstances will. C- this won't even be a debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know even, even what's yeah. name Milo Yana, Yanopoulos, right? He got told, he got put down because um, um, a pedof- because he talked about pedophilia was was okay. He was defending it. Even him, him who's like the biggest piece of shit you can even imagine. Even Republicans were were you know like okay, this is this is way too far. But they have an election at stake, so yeah. they, and, and they can't by by Alabama law they can't remove Roy Moore from the ballot right now. So if they were to if so if you were to like. Um, Basically, go away. They'll lose the, They'll lose the election. They'll lose no, the, the election. governor can move the uh, the governor can move the election back 
to give them time. Oh, really? But he has okay. to drop out himself. Mm. And then they can have another election. When mm. is the election scheduled? December, December 12th. Yeah, December. Okay. So, I mean, we are dealing with like sick people in a very sick time and, right now. And, and the thing about it is, like you just said, Rob, man, and T, which I was saying, it's crazy because you can't, you can't defend crazy and defend what's immoral and what's just flat out wrong. And that's where we're at in this country. It's almost like facts don't matter. Principles don't matter. Mm-hmm. And and it's crazy that we're just we're you know like just giving permission to just be as crazy as you want. Well, for certain people, of course, you know we have to always remember who we're dealing with here. I mean, this is a white male and a right wing right right a right wing white male. Say that three times fast. All right, <laughs> and of course they'll defend their base to the nth degree without any kind of you know moral principles or any kind of thinking behind it, and that's where we're at, and that's why it's so important, man, that you know as we saw the blue wave take place on Tuesday, we need more of the informed, educated, intellectual, and really morally grounded, principal people, and that doesn't mean just you know being a Bible thumper or to just try to, you know, make your beliefs, you know, overpower, supersede those who may not have your beliefs. But it's about just look, judge, just looking at people really as what's right and what's wrong. And in this case, this is wrong. If they elect this man to Senate, it's wrong. It's straight up wrong. That's a pedophile straight up and down. Call it what it is that we're not we're not going to paint, you know, a, a beautiful picture here or, you know, cookie cut this thing. It's wrong. He's a pedophile. He doesn't need to be in office, man. A lot of um, Republicans have said that they would rather vote for a pedophile than vote for a Democrat. And that's they so actually like, say and that. That's fucking despicable. And, and they that, were not thinking it. See what I'm saying? It was, not a, it was not a thought. It was a statement fucking, that they made. And they made despicable. it proudly and they made it publicly. You sound... You, you know, this is, this is outrageous, man. It's, it's disgusting and... If, if if winning and getting a guy who's on your side means that much to you, then you're a bad human being, you know. And then the right wing media, you've lost any. Uh, in the future, you cannot depend on. You cannot pull that morality card that they've been so used to pulling, you know, against our liberals. Pieces of shit. <laughs> It's totally fucked up. Yep. But uh yeah, speaking of pedophiles. <laughs> There's another one. And another one. That's right, you say it, Biggie. Uh so Louis C.K. also is in trouble. So he was hit with uh sexual misconduct claims. So uh Canadian filmmaker Louis C.K., known for his edgy sex uh steeped comedy, is the latest Hollywood figure accused of sexual misconduct. Five women told the New York Times he masturbated in front of them or tried to without their consent. Uh, Chicago uh, comedy duo Dana Min Goodman and Julia Wolof described how after their big break performance at the uh, U.S. Comedy Arts Festival in Aspen, Colorado in 2002, uh, Louis C.K. invited them to hang out in his hotel room for a nightcap. Uh, They thought he was joking when he asked if he could take out his penis. And then he really did it, according to Goodman. Uh, so he proceeded to take all, all of his uh, clothes off and get completely naked and started masturbating. And then so there were like uh, other uh, reports as well. Another report about um, uh, Louis C.K. on the phone with somebody uh, at a, um, basically essentially a meeting. And uh, he, the woman, she could hear him masturbating on the other line, uh, essentially, while, while they were talking. So, yeah. 
What do you guys think about uh, Louis C.K.? Wow. Louis, Louis. <laughs> oh, Lord. I mean, you know, in Hollywood, it's just becoming such a running theme, you know, where people with power, people in positions of influence are just feeling like they can just flex their, you know, just 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 flex their muscle or, you know, <laughs> just basically take advantage of people. And it's just sad that, you know, that they're just taking advantage of these folks who, like we talked about, you know, in the other episode, you know, with Harvey Weinstein, that they understand their positions of power and they're just doing things where you're like, what the fuck were you thinking? You know, just pulling, <laughs> just wanting to masturbate in front of people, like in front of women like that. Like, who does that shit? Who does that? You know, you just walk. I mean, you don't even have any game. You know what I'm saying? If you even want to take it to that level, you want to holler at a chick, you know, you try to rap to them. You don't say, pull my dick out. Let me masturbate in front of you. And I know that's his, that was his comedy, I guess, the way he, you know, kind of, you know, played to that and everything. But it just goes to show on so many levels, abuse of power. It goes to show that, you know, unfortunately in that industry, people who are aspiring to get in feel powerless and feel like they have to take that. And really, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and not speak up against it because in, you know, I read, you know, in an article, probably in the same one you just quote, you were talking about T, um, one showrunner, one of the women, they basically, you know, saw him do that. And he, you know, basically, no approached her about, you know, that he wanted to pull the dick out and masturbate. And she wanted to say something to the producers, but she felt like she wouldn't want to shut down the, the production. So she, so she, no, she what I read is she actually told the producers, right? But they didn't shut down the production, though. You feel me? Yeah, she told them. She said they asked her, Do you want us to pursue this? And she was like, No, no, because I don't want to shut down yeah. the production okay, and thanks. have a yeah. reputation as a person who's difficult to work with. Is that, see what I'm saying? So they feel powerless. So it's just crazy that the power dynamics, right, that go on, you know, in the entertainment industry in Hollywood. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's wild, man. But yeah, Louis, man. And it, you know, for him to admit it, that's when I was pushing, like, my mind was blown. I was like, Oh, shit. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're wild, man. But anyway, yeah, go he ahead. admitted it. <laughs> That's the crazy part. I I'm guess like, he could say at the least he he apologized. You know, I don't. I'm not sure how much comfort that is for the women that it happened to. Yeah, but he apologized um, to them personally too. Yeah, he to did. Anyway, and uh, at least it was a gentleman about his uh, misbehavior because he was, he asked for permission. That's a stretch, right? <laughs> Hold up. He was. Lucy K is a gentleman. He was asking for permission. Cover the Washington Post. Lucy K is a gentleman tomorrow. <laughs> Read your headline. <laughs> that was tongue in cheek, guys. Um, yeah, man. <sighs> Fuck. So he didn't. He didn't break the law, you know. But this is just gross behavior. It's like control yourself, dude. What are you, a bonobo monkey? Like you can't control yourself. Yeah, and on the heels of that, so um, Netflix announced that they're not. Um, they're gonna not gonna be showing his uh, his special on there anymore. Uh, FX also has uh, has basically canceled all of his all of his shows that, that he's on or whatever so he's basically lost everything so tough break nigga it's always free. so yeah he's uh he's he's paid a so they pay say, a price off for the same that he, they shut down all his shows on fx yeah so yeah. well uh, at least uh louis louis is shut down and all the show that he's supposed to be he's supposed to be on either either they're not going to be doing anymore or they're going to be replacing and he had a movie coming show. out right he had a movie coming yeah they're out not too. they're not taking that yeah. they're, not, they're not putting that movie out either you know what? It's crazy that uh, wow. entertainers are facing harsher consequences than politicians. Preach. I mean, we've got the 
you know, grabbing by the pussy president. We have a, 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 right. a, a, a potential senator, you know, who's, you know, pedophile. Um, meanwhile, Louis is, you know, lost his show. Kevin Spacey lost his show. And I don't want to, you know, just pat my side on, on the back. But at least you can see when something that comes out in public, the, the left... However, you want to define it, that because um, they say Hollywood is is left, so you can see they're taking action, right? Even against uh, people that are loved on the left, like Louis C.K. or Kevin Spacey, right? So there are consequences. So at least I'm glad that there is, you know, people who are being objective and people who are taking this shit seriously and not caping. You know what I'm saying? Not defending someone just because that person haps, happens to be on their you know have the same ideology uh, ideology as they do well on the heels of that let's let's not forget that bill clinton also he was accused of a lot of this stuff too and he was elected president so he was so yeah it's it's you know lot, this stuff this stuff is is not just like you know uh, a gop thing and uh, bill clinton was accused by a lot of women of, of this kind of thing and you know Hillary, she she participated in, in the in the smear campaign of these women too. Why are you bringing up old shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, but you know, I'm just saying, like in the current environment, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's definitely a uh, you can see that there's definitely a difference between the reaction on the right and reaction on the left, and I, and I just hope that you know on the left especially, um, people just keep you know having the just reactions. To these situations, it's funny how on the on the right, um, uh, people uh, will like they'll like uh, talk about uh, Harvey Weinstein or whatever how terrible it is, but with a Roy Moore, uh, and then it's it's uh, it's some other shit. You know what I mean? They're they're perfectly willing to uh, to excuse that that kind of behavior. It's just it's I think it's it's pretty funny. It just shows uh, that essentially the self serving self serving hypocrisy of these people. But another thing I want to touch on with Louis C.K. is that he's known for like. Um, Essentially, uh, talking about like a violence against women, this kind of thing. I mean, he even had a joke where he uh, he talked about um, how men are the most dangerous um, predators um, versus women. He he compared like uh, a woman being like a, a salmon and like a man being a bear, and the woman going out with a, uh, the day with a with a with a man being like oh, like a like a salmon, uh, like hoping oh I hope this bear is nice. You know, I hope he treats me well. This kind of thing. That was a funny ass bit, bit too. So mm-hmm. it was more like, you know, people labeled him a feminist because exactly. he did speak a lot of speak out on a lot of issues for women. It's just yeah. it's fucked up that you know he's a, he ended up being a pervert. And let's yeah. not forget that he um he also denied these these claims like a couple months ago. He denied these claims right, yeah, when uh, when he was, when he was questioned about it, yeah. and he was talking he, he he dismissed them as rumors. But now that um but now he's he's kind of like acting like he's like a stand-up guy for like coming out now and like admitting it or whatever he's just yeah. a piece of shit basically because yeah. he he could have he could have he could have he only just doing doing it now because he got caught so he doesn't get credit for like coming out and be like oh yeah this is true i did it so you don't get credit for that shit so uh moving on from this segment um so um we have another story about uh miami firefighters so recently Six city of Miami firefighters have been fired after investigations said someone hung a noose 
over a black co-worker's family photos, photos and drew sexually explicit drawings on them. Uh, this is also not the first time an incident of this nature has happened in South Florida. Uh, back in August, a uh, Pompano Beach firefighter lost his job and three others resigned after they reportedly left a noose on the chair of recruits Vilbert Green, who is black. So the, uh, the Miami firefighters, they, they hung a noose on, the, it was a lieutenant, uh, lieutenant's um, photos, and they, I'm not sure if they were like, trying to intimidate him or, or whatever, um, or if they didn't like him or they're just being just straight up racist. So what do you guys think about this story? Man, firefighters, why? <laughs> uh, you know, what, what happened, one of the people that was uh, fire, that were fired was a black dude. Really? Yeah, he was actually the supervisor of the guys that did it, and he tried to the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Two Latinos too, right? Two Latinos. Four Latinos. Wow. No, three Latinos, one white guy, and the black supervisor. You know, he he was fired because they were under his command, and he tried to lie for them. There was also five other people that knew about it, right? And you know. Racism rears its ugly head again, you know? Especially disappointing because, it, you know, these are firefighters, man. Shit. And what's even crazier is that there were people of color that participated in this shit. So that makes you just even say, you know, it's deeper than even racism. It's this code that they have to stick together. Like, almost, I don't know what they call it in the firefighter world. If it's the red code, I don't know. But, you know, it's this code that they feel like they have to be down. Because, like I said, when I saw there were Latinos, and now that you mentioned that there was a brother involved, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why would you, as why would people of color even think that was cool? Now, is it, you know, did they think it was a joke? What What's behind it? Now it even gets deeper to understand just people's mental, you know, their mental makeup of feeling like they're part of something. And feeling like they'll degrade their own or degrade themselves to to being accepted, so it, it's fucked up on all levels, man. You know the funny thing about uh, the whole people of color moniker is that um, um, people act like um, people of color or whatever are like some harmonious group. Mm. People act like uh, people of color, all people of color, they get along, whatever they support each other or whatnot. But it's just not the case. Right. If you go to like um, countries, any country really, pick it, doesn't matter. The, the dark-skinned people are always the people on the lowest people on the totem pole. Always. Pick a country. Doesn't matter where it is. Uh, you go to China. In, in China, they actually openly can have, they have signs saying, we do not want black people in, in, in these stores or whatever. Mm. You can actually, actually people have signs saying that. And, you know, I've been to Brazil. Brazil, people, like, yeah, um, have big. talk about, like, um, the colorism. What a colorism is a huge thing in Brazil. Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic. Everywhere mm. is, is a Eurocentric or Eurocentric place. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, you have, like, people of color or whatever are supposed to be, quote, unquote, allies would would do this kind of thing because it's not a harmonious group. It's um, people, people who are darker are treated like shit, basically, because of the color of their skin, essentially. Yeah, and, and, and definitely, and, and you know, and, and I d- totally agree with you, sir, on that. Like, I wasn't saying that at all, but, you know, it's just fucked up. You know what I'm saying? And it makes and of course, now that's another dynamic we got to be aware of in, you know, in, in this world that colorism is real. And that's mm-hmm. really what it boils down to is more than just racism. It's colorism that, you know, the, the shade of your skin or the, the complexion of your skin matters now, even in how people discriminate and how they view you and how they'll treat you. Yeah, it's all white supremacy. Well, yeah. yeah, white supremacy. That, exactly. you know, yeah, white supremacy is upheld all over the world. Yep. Yep. You know, 
Mm-hmm. I didn't know about shit about China. Yeah. Why, yeah. why would they even have signs like this? <laughs> but, but look at um, are they even if black people in China? That many black people yeah, Chris in China? Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker was in China. Yeah, damn. And what yeah, about shower too? That's hilarious yeah. that they would have a sign like that. Was yeah. China? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's fucked up. Ball, um, brother. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, what's it, Lee Lee something ball? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, they're dealing with that shit over in Shanghai, and you know where they accused him of stealing something. Yeah, I think it was like three or three UCLA yeah, players. Three UCLA were, players. Yeah. So. so yeah, they should have stayed at the other store. They should have respected the sign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. So uh, moving on to uh, next next story. Um, so recently, uh, a New Jersey police chief has compared black people to. ISIS. That's right, ISIS. So uh, the recently retired chief of police of a New Jersey township was arrested Wednesday um, by the FBI and charged with a federal hate crime for allegedly slamming a uh, handcuffed Amer- African-American suspect into a door, a door, door jam during a 2016 arrest. Uh, according to a criminal complaint against uh, Frank Nucera Jr., who resigned in January, the former chief espoused violence towards African-Americans using the N-word and other epithets. He allegedly told an officer in his Bordentown Police Department that, quote-unquote, the niggers are like ISIS. They have no value, quote-unquote. So what do you guys think about this story? Well, first, I just want to uh, give a shout-out to the police officer who reported the chief. Let's give, let's give that dude a, a, a applause, man. Well done, well done. We need more police officers like him. Yep. Um, someone who goes against the the blue coat of silence, not only reports an, a supervisor, but reports the chief and tapes him um, on the scene and tapes him, out, you know, away from the scene, spewing his uh, racial, you know, language and thoughts. So that's the kind that we need more police officers like that, and. Uh, for all the people that are offended by uh, Black Lives Matter, that are offended by the protests in the NFL, you know what? Encourage police officers like this. Because if we had good police officers reporting bad police officers, we wouldn't even need Black Lives Matter, and we wouldn't even have protests in the NFL. Shouts out to him, man. Because, you know, it's fuckery abound. Because why is the chief showing up at a, what is basically a trespassing? Mm-hmm. Charge, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this yeah. guy hated black people so much. He probably has a scanner in the house, and, and every time they, <laughs> it's, a, it's a black suspect, he just rushes over there and beats the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You know, he's a he's an animal, and I'm glad that he was reported, man. Shouts out to that police officer, man. He's a hero, no doubt. And you know, and and it just goes. To, and a hero comes along. No doubt. Yeah, and you know, and you know, yeah. Again, just shout out to that police officer that definitely, you know, just broke down, you know, the blue code of silence and really just took it upon, you know, themselves to say, you know, what to look at what's right and what's wrong. Again, and you know, and yeah, that police chief, you know, definitely a piece of shit because he would show up at high school games with 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 the police dogs and just having the dogs, really? yeah, and just having the dogs just you know bark at this, you know, bark at the um kids, kids. These are kids, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's and it's oh. fucked up. It's so fucked up. Again, abuse of power, but putting these people who have these type of beliefs in positions of power that is is dangerous, you know. And that's why you know they're pushing, you know. And I know it may sound like an optimistic view, but pushing for psyche vows, like really looking at psyche evaluations of these recruits bringing them in, because these views of the you know the views of this police chief. 
obviously has been with him through his time in his career, you know, as a police officer in that town. So, you know, shout out to the police officer who reported him. And, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the FBI, you know, going ahead and prosecuting this motherfucker. You know, I hope that he get the full extent of the sentence. So you teach him a lesson. How they like to teach lessons and they like to, you know, kind of like show you this won't happen. They need to do that with this officer in his um, federal case. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, him and Paul Manafort, they can uh, they can control each other. Shit, <laughs> oh. so uh, I was I was wondering why the, why he was so anti-black, you know, because um, the town is relatively white. It's like eighty percent, eighty-six percent white, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very small black population. But then I looked at the map, and it's right next to Trenton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's five miles away from Trenton. That makes sense. So yeah. it's not just that chief. That chief was acting that way because that's how the people in that town wanted him to act. Mm. They wanted to be, make sure that black people don't come from Trenton for whatever reason and stay in that town. So harass them. And that's why they would, they would do that shit at, at basketball games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harass them to make sure that black people felt uncomfortable in that township. Because it's a small town of like 14,000 people. Right. They're next to Trenton, which has like 85,000 people. Right, so it a was large black population. Yeah, yeah. it was system. I, I would not be surprised if this was systematic. If we looked at arrest record, they're probably arresting any black person that they see passing through that town because they wanted to maintain this little island mm. of you know a white town, right. the utopia. You know, yeah, shit. That, that was you know relatively you know well to do compared to Trenton, which is a very poor city. So yeah, it made sense to me finally. So. There's no telling how far it permeated through that department and through that town. Because I'm sure they knew. I mean, it's it's an open secret that he was a racist scumbag. Yeah. um, I don't really have that much to add. I mean, you guys pretty much hit everything. But, um, yeah, like you said, Rob, um, a lot of these uh, communities, they obviously in gated communities or whatever it is, like um, small towns, they don't have many um, uh, people of color in them. They obviously, they want to keep black people out or whatever. I mean, it was like that um that uh that cop in Texas that uh like um he he at, at the pool in uh, I don't remember the name of the town but he like uh, sat on the back of that that black woman and that black girl like fourteen year old girl or whatever and they were like basically uh, harassing all the black people who were there and they were like just walking right past the white kids who were there in the in the pool or whatever just like just like targeting essentially the black pe- black kids so yeah these people are 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 basically trained and taught to uh, harass black people so that. Black people don't don't want to go there essentially. So, yeah, you're 100 percent right about that. So, yeah, it's fucked up. But I hope he uh, he and Paul Manafort they have a good time. They can they can they can they can uh, uh, they can share a cell and everything. Maybe they can like uh, you know lift weights together. We can spot the uh, the other or whatever. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. So, um, next story we have um, a white freshman has been expelled for poisoning her black roommate using used tampons and other stuff so uh brianna brochu uh the white freshman who poisoned her black roommate has been kicked out of the university she was arrested and charged with uh, criminal mischief breach of peace and intimidation based on bigotry after rubbing used tampons on on her roommate's bag pouring moldy clam dip in her face lotion putting her toothbrush in her rectum and spitting in her coconut oil Uh, she's currently out on bail uh, University of Hartford uh, officials confirmed uh, uh, that uh, Brochu was expelled um, after her deeply disturbing quote-unquote behavior. Uh, Roe noticed that she was uh, getting sick, uh, developing a throat pain and a cold. 
doctors prescribed her antibiotics for bacteria in her throat and only found out why she was sick after discovering uh, Brochu's pictures. Uh, as she moved out uh, due to frosty relations with uh, Roe earlier in the semester, Brochu uh, bragged about finally getting rid of her quote-unquote Jamaican Barbie. What do you guys think about this story? Prosecutor, to the fullest extent of the law, you know. Um, it, it, it amazes me that you see, uh, it seems like there's almost, you see there's more racism within the millennial generation than you would expect for a, uh, a generation that's supposed to be tolerant. Um, so it just surprises me because even online, there's a lot of racism, uh, especially in the comment sections online. A lot of websites and a lot of these websites have been visited by millennials. We saw a lot of millennials at uh, Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Trump rallies. Yep. Trump rallies. So, yeah, it's something that's radi- radicalizing <laughs> white races. And yeah, they're very sensitive, yeah. too. Young. Very, very people. sensitive people. Right. And obviously, they're taking you know a lesson from what's, as we always say on this show, the moral fiber of the you know of this country, right? I mean, they're definitely learning this behavior. They're you know imitating it and you know letting it be known, and it's just fucked up. But yeah, to this um to this freshman, you know, to, you know, to the white freshman, I should say, yeah, definitely, you know, prosecutor, you know, throw the book at her again. This is another case. Hopefully, that the full extent of the law prevails and that we you know there's no skirting around it. It was fucked up, you know, on all levels and prosecute, you know, old girl. I agree. Definitely, definitely prosecute her. Um, as far as uh, millennials, it, it, this doesn't surprise me at all co- uh, on the college campus and everything. Uh, we just had like um, Halloween a couple weeks ago, and you, every year you see like millennials in like blackface costumes and all kind of racist, racist costumes. It happens like every year, and you see a whole bunch of them on social media. So uh, people, a lot of people, they 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 see the millennial every. every Every generation, you you hear about this whole thing about you know how the young people they're not racist or whatever. Or they're once the old people die out, then we'll have racism anymore, or whatever. But yeah. it, it, it keeps yeah. happening. It happens all the time. So I don't have any any kind of uh, any kind of uh, thoughts or hopes or anticipations really that um, millennials will come here to save us from this racism or whatever it is. So, I was trying to be optimistic nah, with, nah, with nah, the millennials. Nah, 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 nah. I guess scumbag behavior is passed from parent to child. It's learned behavior, man. I mean, it does. It's reduced over time, but there's still a lot more than I would think and a lot more than we would uh, be comfortable with. Um, but, yeah, I want to see them in court. I want to see her in court crying and begging for help and saying, oh, my God, I didn't mean to do it. Just like I was very happy to see that there was this uh, white people that were riding around in a pickup truck with rebel flags in Georgia harassing black families with, you know, with guns. They were arrested and they got their book thrown at them. Really? Was this recently? Yes. I I saw the court. I saw them when they they were in court. Both. both, It was a couple. It was (laughs) a dude and his chick and they got 10 years. They got 10 years? Mm -hmm. Even I was like, damn, that's excessive. (laughs) Not at all. She was crying, oh my God. You know. That was in Georgia? Copping, please. Hmm? In Georgia? Yeah, right outside of Atlanta. Really? Douglasville. Mm -hmm. Outside of 285. Mm -hmm. Outside of 285, right? Yeah. There's a lot of I think it was a white judge too. I don't know, but so all oh, that. 
Shout out to the judge. Shout out to you, judge. No that made, that made my day, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, that's the kind of punishment that I want to see because if you think it's funny and you think, you know, harassing people in person or harassing people online is funny, wait till you face the consequences. Like that other scumbag, you know, in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Uh, walking around with a Trump uniform on. You know, you know, with the khaki pants and the and the shirt, mm-hmm. and then yeah. he 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 got separated from his people, and he ran up he ran up on Antifa. <laughs> when he ran up on Antifa, he took off his hat, started taking off yeah. his, mm-hmm. his polo shirt. He Top was sitting the there, he was sitting there naked. Talking about man, I didn't mean to, man. <laughs> I was just joking. Yeah. It was just joking, man. I was just joking. Yeah, the pack mentality went yeah. out the window. Right. So yeah. You know, punish them. Okay. So at least it lets the other people know not to do scumbag behavior. Catch him solo, make the right man bleed. <laughs> <laughs> Word up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think anything's going to happen to her, really. I mean, she might get a slap on the wrist, but I don't really see anything major happening to this, this girl. So, yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of uh, court and charges, Meek Mill, he's in prison again. So, Meek Mill, he's been um, he's been a uh, uh, he's been uh, sentenced for um, uh, parole violation. So he's going to be supposed to be in prison for the next two to four years. So what happened was uh, Meek Mill was arrested uh, for popping wheelies on his dirt bike and for getting to a fight earlier this year, and now he's going to spend two to four years in state prison because those arrests violated his uh, probation from a 2008 drug. Uh, and gun case uh, but the case has moved beyond the Pennsylvania courtroom many hip-hop artists including Jay-Z, T.I., Rick Ross and Ipsy Hustle have uh, rallied behind him and the sentence sparked a new debate uh, about criminal justice reform and also the uh, Pennsylvania governor has signed a petition demanding that uh, his sentence be reevaluated. what do you guys think about Meek Mill? Wow uh, I'm not even a fan of well, I'm not a big fan of Meek Mill and when I first heard this story, I, I was like, damn, this kid is dumb. He's got himself in trouble again. Then I started really looking into it. And I heard an interview with his lawyer that was on Hot 97 on Angie Martinez. What I learned is that the judge in this case was totally out of control. Like, just making decisions that made no sense to anybody. This judge, amongst the list of things that she did is... She was trying to get Meek Mill to sign uh, a contract with another record company, like to leave Rock Nation and sign a contract with another record company. Was this I'll, Judge uh, <laughs> Judge Shug's Shug right. back? I have no idea who the other was, company was. It, was. was it a red gavel that uh, the judge was using? <laughs> now check this out, man. She wanted Meek Mill to make a record with uh, Boys to Man. You didn't give her a shout out. Like who the Boys to yeah. Man haven't had a hit in twenty years. And give her a shout out on the record. Like, yeah. come on, who the fuck is this judge? Yeah. And she got mad because he won't do it. So she violated him against the uh the advice of the of the uh, uh of the parole officer. Mm-hmm. The parole officer uh the head of the uh parole officer uh department mm-hmm. in Philly against the advice of the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. So everybody just could not make sense of what this judge is doing. So I mean, this is abuse of power right here. And shit. I'm glad that uh, the governor came out. Maybe there's something that can be done legally to put this Pardon judge in check. Pardon me, Yeah. 
part of Meek Mill. Definitely. You know, it, you know, it's definitely unjust. And, you know, how many times have we heard this story, right, about, you know, unjust sentences, you know, and things that sentences that don't even fit the crime. Um, but, you know, to Meek, man, you know, again, it's about the people you surround yourself with. You know, I was hearing, you know, Joe Budden give his take on it. You know, shout out Joe Budden on the everyday struggle. And he had an interesting perspective that I kind of can say I, I subscribe to, that you have to look at it two sides. The system's fucked up. We know that. We, and he knows that, right? He's been in it for a while. Even his probation was ridiculous, a 10-year probation. So it's almost like a decade to not fuck up. And anyone who, who knows the justice system or, you know, is aware of it is that, you know, it, it's fucked up. It, it's basically like you're, you're walking on thin ice. You know what I'm saying? But one thing is for sure, you know, for me, you know, if you know that the judge is out of control, you've heard the ridiculous request and all of the, you know, the, you know within the, um, the criteria of your probation, you got to stay out of shit, man. Keep, you know, really know that you are on a thin line, dude. Your, advice, your lawyers, your team, they need to be like, yo, man, you need to chill. You need to not put yourself in predicaments, popping wheelies, being in situations, you know what I'm saying, that you shouldn't be in. Don't put, you know, don't surround yourself around the bullshit when you know you're, you're a thin line away from the bullshit. You know, you're on probation, you tread lightly, you make your money, you're in the spotlight, you're doing your thing. Don't involve yourself in that shit so, because the system is what it is as of this moment. There's nothing that can be done right now to change the system. We can talk about it, and reform takes time. But at the end of the day, man, tread lightly, homie. And, you know, I definitely want to see him, you know, pardon and get out of this situation and be free from the bullshit. But I will also say, man, you get another chance. Not many people get as many chances as Meek Mill. You know, not many people will. You know, most of the time, they don't have the money. They don't have the resources. They don't have the, you know, the people around them, a rock nation or celebrities around them that can say free that person. They're doing the two to four years. So at the end of the day, man, just be very mindful. Be cognizant, you know, of your privilege. And as well as, man, just knowing that the system is designed to get you. It's not designed to be your friend. So stop being in the courtroom as if you're going to a, a family reunion every time, you know, and committing these, you know, these acts, these crimes, really, and getting yourself into bullshit. Um, yeah, um, I'm not sure about this because, um, yeah, I see where you and Joe Bunn are coming from. But uh, at the same time, you know, with talk about the pop and wheelies things, uh, from what I heard, it was, it was on a video shoot or whatever. So it's to me, that's like, I mean... That that's part of like like shooting a movie or whatever. You're not gonna you know you're not gonna um, arrest Arnold Schwarzenegger for shooting a. It's a crime to pop wheels. Well, well, I don't even know the extent of if it's a crime to do it. I don't know, but the whole thing is whatever it is, man. Don't put don't put you. My thing is this, and you're right. I don't know the extent of it. You know, sometimes on you know they they issue citations like don't do X Y and Z. You know, when you get your permits to shoot a video and shit, they'll tell you the rules of what you can and can't do and whatever and all that. So I don't know if that is a crime. So to your point, sir, if you're right, I don't know. But at the end of the day, though, the, the again in the fights and shit. I mean, you already know how that go, man. Like any inter any interaction with law enforcement on probation or parole is cited as a violation. But at the same time, you know, if somebody you know you're on parole, somebody snuff you. And like you're getting, you're getting jumped by some dudes. I mean, uh, you're, you're violating parole. But that's, I think all the all that stuff was thrown away. That's why the prosecutor. Exactly. That's why the prosecutor and the parole officers mm -hmm. were against the judge. We're talking about an out of control judge here. I hear everything you're saying, and I, you know, I was saying to myself, "Damn, uh, McNeil is a dumbass." But when I really looked into it, <laughs> I mean, this judge was out to get him. This judge is. She's probably breaking the law to get McMill. So, right. I mean, putting him on pro, pro, parole 
for 10 years. Yeah. You know, so there's a deep history between the judge and Meek Mill, and she was took it personal and was out to get him. And, and they need to remove that judge. That's they what need to remove need, her. Now, that needs to happen. That and they need to look deeply to. into if she's had uh, other cases like this. They need to look somebody... deeply into her ties with Death Row Records. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really need to, uh, to investigate Big that Red Records. Big Red. <laughs> Big Red. So, oh, yeah. yeah. She had red bottoms on. Uh, that's, that was Imagine if she, she, she acted, she, she behaved like this with somebody with less resources. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. yeah, just imagine how many people are in jail because she's she's a bitch, basically. <laughs> you know, yeah, so yeah. Hold up. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I said, man, it, it's it's like you know when you know that you know the tidal waves coming. Don't go get a damn surfboard, <laughs> you know, and don't jump into the water, homie. But, you know, again, I hope he, you know, get definitely gets out because it is it, it's definitely some shit going on with this judge. I, You know, obviously. But again, don't put yourself until that, that they remove this judge and you know what you're up against the card play the cause you dealt. Yeah, they should allow him to move like to move out of. Philly. That's true. Yeah, true. that go, is go true. live in L.A. Go live in Atlanta or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Until this whole thing is over. I agree. I agree. Yeah, hopefully he. Um, Hopefully something can be, can be can be done and he can like um, get out because yeah this it seems like to me that it's um, just a complete bias and uh, the judge was completely out of line when it came to the situation. Yeah. So hopefully something is gonna get done. So we'll see. So uh, one last segment that we have going on today is tell him why you mad, son. Tell him why you mad. Why are you so mad? Yeah. Like what yo, are you so mad about? Yeah, yeah. You know, yo, you want to know why? Yo, first of all, you can't be asking me no question. You know what I'm saying, who the fuck is you? You know what I'm saying? Me, you Mr. can't be Rapper, asking Mr. me no question. I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad. I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad. These niggas making. That's right. These niggas making five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> videos. Niggas driving around in fancy cars or whatever. I make a dime yet. I make a dime yet off this podcast. What's up with that? I make I make a dime yet. <laughs> this is our fifth podcast. This is our sixth podcast, yo. <laughs> Six podcasts. So, uh, yeah, I want to talk about uh, purity tests a little bit. Um, so, purity tests. Um, on the, so, on the heels of the, uh, the election on Tuesday, we have a more progressive trend uh, sweeping the nation. However, something that I kind of want to highlight is that not every platform is being represented. So, uh, during, I remember um, uh, the election, uh, 2016 election, people would bring up uh, certain things like reparations and criminal justice reform, and when they were when they brought those kind of things up to Democratic candidates, they're basically told to shut the fuck up and stop being divisive. I mean, you had like uh, people like uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, he he said that he didn't support reparations when he supported them for for other groups, but that's neat. That's not a whole other story. Um, that, that was really my issue with with Bernie Sanders is that he had a lot of very progressive ideas, but those progressive ideas didn't really extend to black people. And when you would bring up something that would that would benefit something that that needs um, needs to be addressed in the black community, he would shift to like an all lives matter view. With Hillary Clinton, too, um, she, her her whole platform, as far as like uh, the criminal justice reform, was oh let's give the cops a, a billion dollars and do some more training or whatever. Never talking about any kind of accountability that needs to happen in the in the justice system or whatever. Any kind of impartiality um, as far as like investigating investigating police the police departments. Um, so yeah, that's that's what happens. Um, so usually in the Democratic Party, there are certain things that um, uh, Democrats support and don't don't support. Essentially, Hillary Clinton has said this. There are certain things that a Democrat Democrats always always support. 
However, one thing I want to highlight is that not all Democrats are built the same. Consider Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards, who I think was last year, he passed a bill um, to make um, uh, resisting arrest a felony. All right. It's basically a Blue Lives Matter, a Blue Lives Matter bill. And he's a Democrat, a Louisiana governor Democrat. So and you have like somebody like uh, Kamala Harris, who her 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 um, AG office, they actually um, they uh, they they try to prevent um, uh, prisoners from uh, prisoners from uh, from uh, getting released early, uh, nonviolent prisoners from getting released early because they would be the state would be losing um valuable uh valuable um uh, labor valuable workers that get that get paid essentially nothing a lot of people don't realize that um uh in california um just like in any state you can you can make make uh inmates work for nothing i think in california they get paid like a dollar a day um and these these people they 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 go do basically anything like the, the fire the fires that happen in california a lot of people that fire, fire fighting the fires they're they're inmates and they're they're risking their lives out there. They're they're getting paid like a dollar a day. So if they if they these inmates get killed or whatever, hey man, man fuck it, it doesn't matter. A piece of shit anyway. They don't matter. So they, they these people just like get completely uh, abused and they they get um, they just get taken advantage of um, and by these democratic administration. Um, so the thing about it is that other people's issues get pushed to the wayside for the good of the party. So certain things get highlighted, other things they don't give a shit about, essentially. Consider this. Consider uh, Larry Krasner. He was recently uh, considered completely unelectable, and he was not the Democratic um, choice. Uh, however, he is now the Philadelphia District Attorney. He sued the, police, the Philadelphia Police Department dozens of times and represented... Occupy and Black Lives Matter activist pro bono. This is somebody who is who is completely anti-establishment. Who is who is trying to get justice, justice, um, and uh, railing against cops. He's trying to clean up police departments. But this this person isn't considered worthy of the Democratic establishment, essentially, because of these these kind of things. Uh, Rob mentioned previously that Braxton Winston he was a fierce critic of the police and Black Lives Matter supporter and he was he was a, an activist he was elected to the Charlotte City Council so yeah so there there's certain certain people and certain issues that are essentially being told to black people hey don't worry about that shit we'll we'll get you later whatever pushback or whatever it is or stop being divisive don't worry about this don't worry about um reparations don't worry about um uh, criminal justice reform, because you know, be a good Democrat, basically. So, and in, in the meantime, they're perfectly willing to give everybody else their rights, but they won't be willing to give you your rights. So, next time a man tells you to stop being divisive uh, because they want their Democrat or whoever elected, just punch them right in their fucking face. That's all I got to say. <laughs> you mad, son? Advocating violence. Hey, <laughs> So, anything else you guys want to talk about before we sign off? Yeah, I think we covered a lot of things here. Yeah, man. I'm good, man. I'm all set. Good all right. show, man. Good show. Good show. Dope. So, 
One thing we want to talk, mention is that um, please make sure to uh, email us if you have any questions or anything or whatever you want to send in comments. Email us at official3kingspodcast at gmail.com. That's the number three, not the T-H-R-E-E. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at official3kingspodcast and on Twitter at 3kingspodcast. So, yeah, good show, guys. Um, so I think we're out, and uh, we're going to take it to the abyss tonight uh, to celebrate my birthday. So uh, it's a good thing we're, we're broadcasting today. No so doubt. tomorrow. Yeah, man. No we doubt, out. man. We out. Peace. So, yeah. So peace. Gee. Classic hip-hop shit. Dr. D.R.E. Rose and Jay. Let's get them. We started out mopping floors. And now we front row at the awards. Number one for the last 20 years. If you real, motherfucker, scream cheers. Motherfucker, scream cheers. Yeah. And it is what it is.